that, man. I put my coat on for you today. How's everybody doing this morning? Yes. Isn't it good to be in God's house today? Guys, have I told you how much I love you lately? Man, I love you. I appreciate you so much. You mean so much to me. Because listen, if you don't show up, man, I'm preaching to the walls. Amen. So I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Uh, how many of you know Thanksgiving is this week? Come on. Turkey, some stuffing, some gravy, ham, whatever you like. I love Thanksgiving. And so uh, from our family to yours, I want to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Man, I hope you get uh, uh, all of the food that you want and then some. And then how many of you know Christmas is right around the corner? Come on, anybody doing any Christmas shopping? Anybody? Man, you guys are like me, like December the 24th. Come on, baby. How many, how many of you guys are like me? December 23rd, 24th, you know, that last week. There you go. There you go. I knew you were like me. Hey, guys, let me throw this out here to you. Don't forget, we have some shirts for sale out there in the foyer. Go by there, grab one of these. We have, uh, we have a few blue ones left. We, I think we only have like one or two gray ones left. So uh, <clears throat> go by there. <clears throat> Excuse me, pick that up and uh, do that. Also, our new devotionals are in, our daily devotionals. So if you would like one of these, they're free. Just go by there, pick one up. They're out here at the Information Center, out at the VIP Center. Grab one of those on your way out if you'd like. Uh, some great information in this. It's a daily read. Got a Bible reading plan in the very back of the book. So just an awesome thing to have uh, as a resource for you. And so, again, thank you guys so much for what you do. Are you ready to get into the Word today? How many of you got big plans today when you leave church? Anybody going out to eat? Anybody? I'm trying to see who I can hook up with. Amen? Anybody paying? Come on. See, nobody likes to go out to eat with me because we got four kids. Don't nobody want all that and that bill. Come on, somebody. How many of you guys have ever had one of those cards? You know, we used to give out these cards some time ago. We may bring them back here in the next few weeks, but it's, uh, it's a card, just kind of a just because card. You know, you would just bless people, and so you'd get in line at McDonald's or Burger King or somewhere, and, you know, you look back and you say, hey, I want to pay for the meal of the person behind me, and just get, make sure you give them the card. If you're like me, man, because you're on a tight budget because you got so many kids, I always check and look. I look to see how many people's in that card, and so I'll look back, and I remember one time I drove up to the drive-thru window, and I was like, look, two cars back, there's one person. I want to pay for their meal. Come on, how many of you know budget, baby? Amen? Some of you guys don't live where I live. That's okay. Let's get into God's Word today. We've been in a series called Niche. Let me just ask you, how many people say niche? Anybody say it like that? How many people say niche? Anybody say niche? How many Nietzsche people we got in the house? Any Nietzsche folks? There you go. So we've been in this series called Niche or Niche or Nietzsche, ever how you want to call it. The main thing in this series is we're finding our purpose. We're discovering what it is God has made us to do because everybody is valuable. Everybody is needed, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today, but during this series, we've had what we call like a theme verse of Scripture, and it's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10, we are God's what? God created you and formed you and put you here. We are God's masterpiece. Come on, turn to somebody and say, you're his work of art. You're his work of art. 
We're God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. You get what that's saying there? That's saying in Christ. We find out who we are. We discover our purpose and, and what we're put here to do. And because of Christ, we're his masterpiece. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So again, that's a theme verse for us throughout this series. But we've also got kind of a theme quote as well. And our theme quote is this. You were made by God for God. And it is only in God that you discover your purpose. A lot of people want to know, what is my purpose? What does that look like? What am I here for? Well, you need to understand it all starts with God. Why? Because you're made by God, for God, and it is only in God that you discover your purpose. And so we've been talking about this over the past few weeks, and we said that our God is a giver. He is a giver. He has given us everything that we have. For God so loved the world that he gave. Everything we have is a gift from God. You are a gift from God. You're unique. You're special. There is nobody in the world like you. Turn to your neighbor and say, praise the Lord. <laughs> There's nobody else in the world like you. You're unique. You understand God doesn't make copies of anything. This is big here. God doesn't make copies of anything. There's no two trees alike. There's no two plants alike. There's no two snowflakes alike. There's no two people alike. God doesn't make copies. Why? Because originals are more valuable than copies. And so God says, I made you to be you, and I don't want you to try to be anyone else because I made you to be you. And so we said that there are five elements that really make up who we are, and it's called niche. And so the word niche, it really just stands for natural abilities, individuality, that's your personality, charisma gifts, heart, and experiences. And God uses all five of these to make up who we are. And so we've just kind of begun uh, a few weeks ago on this journey, kind of going through them one by one. And so in week one, we talked about natural abilities. And we learned that everybody on the planet has a natural ability. Statistics say that you have anywhere from three to 500, or excuse me, five to 800 things that you are just naturally good at. These are your natural abilities, but it's oftentimes hard for us to discover that. It's easier for us to tell you what we're not good at versus what we are good at. And so the, what we said is, hey, go out and get some of your friends together. Ask them, hey, what do you see in me that I'm good at? And, you know, compile that information. And once you get all of that information, that kind of gives you an idea of your natural abilities. And so we talked about that. Last week, we had some fun. We talked about individual personalities. And we said that we are to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And each one of these, your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength represents a personality that you have. For instance, if you're a heart person, you're a talker. Come on, how many talkers we got in the house? You remember last week? If you're a heart person, you're a talker. If you're a soul person, you're a feeler. You're a little bit more led by your emotions. If you're a mind person, you're a thinker. And if you're a strength person, you're a doer. You're just like, let's get it done. Let's go. Let's move forward. Each one of us has one of those personalities that we lean to more than the rest of them. And so we talked about that. We talked about how important it is for you to discover your natural abilities, discover your personality. Today, I want to get to the C in that, and I want to talk about charisma gifts, charisma gifts. And 
Here's what I want to kind of point out to you right off the bat. The moment you step across the line in your faith, the moment you accept Christ into your heart, the moment you say that I'm going to do life God's way, not my way, I'm going to live for him. I want his purpose to be done, not my purpose to be done. I'm going to do what God has wired me to do. The moment you step across the line and put your faith in Christ, immediately God gives you three gifts. He gives you three things the moment you accept them into your life. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't even know what these gifts are. So I'm going to talk about these three gifts real quick. What are they? The moment I accept Christ, number one, God gives you the gift of forgiveness. Clean slate. Come on, anybody excited about that? Anybody got some things you've done in your past? I know some of y'all so holy, you glow in the dark at night and all that, but I'm not one of them. I thank God for a clean slate. I thank God for giving me the gift of forgiveness. And this is huge, guys, because so many people today are walking through life miserable. They're miserable. They're not happy at all because of guilt and resentment. Guilt of things that they've done in their past. Guilt of things that, that, that have happened to them or things that have not gone their way. Guilt of all of that. But then there's resentment. Resentment because of what people have done to them. So there's this guilt and there's res this resentment. And people are walking around miserable because of these two. But listen, there's one word that, that, that basically breaks both of these words in half. And it is the word forgiveness. Asking for it and offering it. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verse 23. The wages of sin is death. But here it is. The free gift of God. The gift of God is his eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So this, God, this verse right here says that God removes the wages of sin and death off of our life when we accept him into our heart and he gives us a fresh start. He gives us a new life. The first thing Jesus did was say, I'm going to wipe out everything that you've ever done wrong. You're forgiven. It's forgotten. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I get excited about that because this is a gift from God. The gift of forgiveness, the clean slate, forgiveness of your past. But there's a second gift that he gives as well, and that is the gift of his spirit. The gift of his spirit. The Bible calls him the Holy Spirit. God says, I'm not just going to be around you. I'm not just going to be with you, but I'm going to be in you. I'm going to put my spirit inside of you. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. God has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So how do I know that I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to live through me and work through me? Well, the Bible says that we have the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Anybody need a little self-control? Black Friday's coming up. You're going to need some self-control all up in Walmart getting trampled on. Self-control. These are nine qualities that God says I've put into your life. And so when you let me live through you and let my spirit be in you, then these are the qualities that's going to come out. And so God says, just trust me and I'll give you the power that you need to do what I've called you to do. So he gives us the gift of forgiveness. He gives us the gift of his spirit. But then the third thing, he gives us spiritual gifts. He gives us spiritual gifts. Now understand, spiritual gifts are different from material gifts and physical gifts. These are entirely different. These are the gifts that you need in order to get the job done in life. And the Bible has a lot to say about spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, 
It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. One translation says, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. Most people today don't even realize they've got a spiritual gift inside of them, more or less what it is. But again, God has put them in your life, and he's waiting for you to use them. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 tells us, a spiritual gift is given to each of us. So the moment you accept Christ into your heart, God gives you a spiritual gift. Now, most of the time, a lot of times it's more than one, but you have at least one spiritual gift. Why? So that you can help each other. God has a purpose for your life. And the spiritual gifts are the equipment that he gives you in order to do what he's called you to do. How many of you guys have ever been in an airport before? You ever been in an airport and you're walking along in the airport, and in the middle of the airport, they have these, these conveyor belts, you know. And, and what I like about it is you can walk at a regular pace, and you're walking beside someone, and the moment you get on the conveyor belt, even though your pace hasn't changed, your speed has changed. Why? Because the belt is pushing you and empowering you to go faster than what you could go at regular speed. That is the same thing that happens when God equips you with the spiritual gifts in life. He gives you the power you need to do things you could not do on your own. It accelerates your life. So why would we not want to tap in to those spiritual gifts? Because God says, listen, I'm not going to ask you to do something I haven't already given you the ability to do. So God equips us. And, and, and let me just say this about your gift. You don't get to choose your gift. Well, I don't like my gift. I want something else. You like a two-year-old in Walmart kicking and screaming because you ain't got that certain gift. But here's the thing. Listen to me. When you make something, when you create something, you've got in your mind a purpose for that thing. If that thing was to turn around and say, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. It would make you upset because you've got it there for a purpose. Same way with God. We don't get to choose what gift we get because God said, hey, I created you. I formed you. I made you. I know what I've got planned for you to do. And the gifts that I've given to you are what's going to help you to prepare your life to help other people. So again, you don't get to choose your gift. Here's another thing. You don't get to earn your gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. And the gifts that God gives us are not given to us for our benefits. It's given to us so that we can help other people. God gives gifts to other people in the church so they, their gifts can help you. Let me say it like this. When I use my gift, you get blessed. When you use your gift, I get blessed. So when everybody in the church is using their gift, we all get blessed. But imagine this. Imagine if you don't use your gift. Imagine if I don't use my gift. Then instead of all of us getting blessed, we all get what? We get cheated. Why? Because God says, I've given you a gift, and I want you to use that gift to help other people. Now, it's interesting. When you read in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it gives you a list of 29 different spiritual gifts. Now, I don't believe that's an exhaustive list. I believe there's more gifts than just what's in that list, but it does give us 29 Different spiritual gifts that are described. So here's the question I've got to ask for you, to you. Why do you want to know what your spiritual gift is anyway? Why do you want to know your spiritual gifts? Two reasons. Number one, it points to God's plan for your life. It points to God's plan for your life. 
John chapter 9 verse 4 says this, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is still day, because the night is coming when no one can work. You understand, life doesn't last forever. We're here today and gone tomorrow. The Bible says we're like a vapor. It's just that quick. You know, I was, I was thinking about our daughter, Samantha. She's in college now. And, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting for the day she leaves home in Jesus' name. But anyway, she's in college. And I remember I was scrolling through some pictures the other day. And I was like, man, it just seems like yesterday that she was, a, you know, she was a baby and she was growing up. And, and now she's a grown woman. And all of our kids are like that. So you understand life goes really fast. And I've got to do the job that God's called me to do. I don't have time to waste. I don't have time to just sit around. One of my favorite verses is Acts chapter 20, verse 24, out of the Living Bible. It says, life is worth what? Nothing. Life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a textable, tweetable, Facebook, social media moment right there. Don't miss it. Hashtag niche. Or niche or Nietzsche. Life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. God has a work for you to do. God has a specific work for you to do. God has something for you to do that nobody else on the planet can do what God put you here to do. Somebody may can do it kind of like you, but they can't do it just like you because God put you here for that reason. So therefore, I'm not here to take up space. I'm here to make a contribution. I'm here to make a contribution with this life that God has given me. And again, God never gives you a task that he's not already given you the ability to do. And the ability he's given you is called your spiritual gifts. And unfortunately, your spiritual gifts for a lot of people are lying dormant inside of them until they decide to discover them and to develop them. Matter of fact, you're taking notes. Write this down. My gift is the power to bless others. That's what my gift is for. My gift is the power to bless others. So if you're a believer, again, you have a spiritual gift. You probably got a whole lot more than one, but we know you at least got one spiritual gift. And the gift is given to you to bless other people, to make a difference in people's lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 and 6 says this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Do you notice there in that verse of scripture, there is a word that is used three times and it is the word different. There are different spiritual gifts. There are different ways of serving God. There are different types of work that you can do. All of that being said, we are called and created to serve God, but we are called and created to serve God in different ways. That way, everybody's needed. Again, you're not a copy of anybody else. That's why when you see somebody, you're like, man, I wish I could pray like them. I wish I could sing like them. I wish I could do that. No, you really don't need to do that. It's okay to say, man, they've got a great gift and, it's, and, and, you know, kind of admire it from afar. But at the end of the day, God has made you to be you. He hasn't made you to be nobody else. And so knowing your spiritual gifts, it answers all kinds of questions in your life. What is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do with my life? What is going to be my ministry? What should be my mission in the world? Again, your spiritual gifts explain all of that, and it points you in the direction that you need to be headed. Not only that, but your spiritual gifts 
will oftentimes kind of rub against somebody else's spiritual gifts. You ever had a disagreement with someone? Here's the thing you need to know. If you get a group of people and you drop a problem in the middle of that room, not everybody sees that problem the same that you do. That's the difference that God made you. Everybody sees the problem from a different angle. Why? Because you always approach your problem by your gifts. You always approach a problem by your gifts. For instance, if I invited you guys over to my house and we're sitting around the table and we're eating Thanksgiving together and we got some turkey and gravy and dressing and some candy yams and all that good stuff and I'm getting hungry and we're sitting there and all of a sudden my hand accidentally hits my glass of tea and my glass of tea spills all over the table. If I've got a group of people in my house, they're all going to see that differently. For instance, if you've got the gift of mercy, you're going to say, man, I am so sorry. I feel so bad for you. If you've got the gift of a prophet, which a lot of you do, oh, I saw that before it was coming. I could have told you that before you even sit down. You just had that glass too close to the end of the table. I knew that was going to happen. If you've got the gift of service, you're going to jump up and say, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Let me go help you. Let me take care of that. If you got the gift of a teacher, you're going to say, you know what? If you could just move that glass a little bit further away from your hand next time, you won't hit it. So you just need to move that. If you've got the gift of encouragement, you're going to say, oh, man, that's okay. It could have happened to any of us. You're going to be all right. If you've got the gift of giving, you're going to say, you know what? I hadn't even drunk out of this glass. You can have my glass of tea. I'll be, I'll, I, you know what? I don't even need anything to drink. You have that. If you got the gift of administration, you're going to say, hey, you, go get a mop, go get some paper towels, you get another glass, you put some tea in it. So that's your gifts, amen? That's how you know what your gifts are, by spilling a glass of tea. The bottom line is you will always approach problems by your gifts. And that's why it's important for you to know what your gifts are. Why? Because they point to God's plan for your life. But not only that, number two, they reveal my worth. It reveals my worth. Your gifts reveal or show your worth. They show how valuable you are. And they show that you that God values the gift in your life. And the reason why you're valuable is because of what God says about you, not what everybody else says about you. The problem in life today is that we have, we have allowed so many voices to tell us who we are and what we can do and what we can't do. And, we, and, and, and as a result, we have a society walking around that has no self-esteem whatsoever. They're walking around. Our kids are looking to anybody to point, to kind of puff them up. They're looking for anybody to build them up. They have no self-esteem about themselves. But here's what you need to know. If God would not, if God would have wanted you to be somebody else, you would not exist today. You wouldn't exist. If he needed you to be somebody else, you would not exist. He made you. He created you. And so here's the thing to self-esteem. There's three things you need to know about self-esteem. This is not in your nose. God created you. Jesus died for you. And his spirit lives in you. That's all you need to know about your self-esteem. God created you. He made you unique. He made you special. He didn't make you like anybody else. Jesus Christ loved you so much. He died for you. He gave his life for you. He didn't stay in the grave for you, but he rose from the grave for you. And he put his spirit in you to empower you like the conveyor belt that can push your life forward. And listen to me, parents. You need to teach this to your kids as soon as you possibly can. Because when your kids understand God created me and I'm unique, then that lets them know I don't have to compare or compete to anybody else because God made me to be me. Amen. 
the problem in life is we start out as originals, but we end up as carbon copies. Man, I am dropping some bombs on you guys today. All I got was a whoop. It's all good. It's Thanksgiving. We start out as originals, but we end up as carbon copies. You get out of school and you a whole lot of what everybody else says you are. You say, your parents are saying this, your friends are saying that, everybody else is saying this, and before you realize it, you are not even you anymore, you are a copy of somebody else, but you're missing the whole point. God wants you to be you. Life lesson with my son last night, our oldest son, Lane, he, he's, he's hanging out with some other guys, and, and, and they've, got, they've got a real country slang, and so he's coming home, and we're sitting there cooking some steaks last night, he and I were sitting around the grill, and I notice he's not talking like Lane. <laughs> he's talking like the other guys, and I'm like, baby, you understand that's not who you are. You are you. Be you. You sound ridiculous talking like that anyway. Be who you are. In Jesus' name. Why? We're God's masterpiece. We're his work of art. Every part of the body is needed. Let me say that again. Because because life has a way of beating you up to the point where you feel like you're not needed. Every part of the body is needed. We're all needed. You're needed in this church. You're needed in this community. You're needed in this country. You're needed in this world. We are all needed. We need you in this church. God brought you here. Not just to take up space, but to make a contribution. God brought you here to do something great with your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. All of you form the one body of Christ. And each one is a separate and what? necessary part of it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're necessary. I need you. You work my nerves like nobody's business, but I need you. I love you. Thanksgiving is coming and I'm thankful for you. Your tripolar self, I love you and I need you're necessary. Look out and say you're necessary. It's Thanksgiving week. I'm sorry. I'm being a little funny today. Why is it important? Points out God's plan for my life. Reveals my worth. Let me me ask you another one. Kind of pose another question to you. Why is it important that I start using these gifts? What are they? Well, let me give you three things right quick. Number one, when it comes to these gifts, the first thing you got to do is you got to discover them. You've got to discover them. You got to know what they are before you can use them. You've got to stop neglecting neglecting the fact that inside of you there may be some gifts that are lying dormant. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 14 says, Do not neglect the spiritual gift that's in you. Don't neglect the spiritual gift that's in you. So you've got to figure out what has God put inside of me. How do I do that? How do I discover my spiritual gift? There's three things. I call them the three E's. Number one, you've got to examine You've got to evaluate and you've got to experiment. When it comes to discovering these gifts, you've got to examine, evaluate, and experiment. Examine your Christian life. What have you done already? How has God used you to bless the body of Christ? What do you enjoy doing the most? How has God used you to bless other people? And again, you got enjoyment out of it. You've got to examine that. But then you've got to evaluate what you're good at. 
And again, as I said earlier, a lot of times we're real good at telling people what we're not good at, but we're horrible at telling people what we are good at. So go ask some people, what am I good at? Compile that list. Why? Because it is in their affirmation that you learn what your spiritual gifts are. So write that down. And, and let me just say this while I'm here. This is why it's important for you to be involved in something. I'll let that hang. This is why it's important for you to be involved in something. Because if you're not involved in anything, then you don't know what you're good at because you've never tried anything. So you've got to evaluate, God, what have you blessed in my life? What do other people say God blesses? How do I feel when I do this? Do I feel good about doing this or not? Again, you've got to evaluate. But then the third thing you've got to do is experiment. You've got to experiment. There are so many different ways you can serve here at the Bridge Smithfield. You see a lot of people walking around. They got these stickers on. Uh, you know, some of them got them on, some of them don't. I see a lot of our guys that are serving didn't get their sticker today, but that's cool. But the reason why we got this sticker is because, hey, I found it. I found the ministry that God has called me to at this season in my life. We have something called test drive. If you want to test a ministry out, that's fine. Not everybody's cut out to be in the nursery. Not everybody can handle them barn burners your children let out in there. You test drive it. If, 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 if it's for you and you get enjoyment out of it, we got a lot of ladies that love it. My son loves working in the nursery. He is in the nursery today. And he loves that. And so again, where do you fit? Where do you fit? It may be in the nursery. It may be kids' church. It may be outreach. It may be uh, you know, front door, parking lot, worship, media, ushers. Where do you fit? ERT, that's emergency response team. Where do you fit at? You've got to figure that out. And so what you could do is say, hey, I'm going to try this over here. And listen, if you don't fit in that area, there's no guilt. There's no shame. You just go to the leader and say, hey, man, this just isn't for me. Thank you for trying it out. The point is, keep trying stuff out until you find out what you're good at. Here's what I want you to know. Some people are just sitting around talking about, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm just waiting on the Lord. You've been waiting on God for 20 years. I'm waiting on the Lord. When God just sends a lightning bolt and tells me what I'm good at, I'm going to do it. Let me ask you something. Can you steer a parked car? Can you steer a parked car? So here's the thing. When you get engaged, when you start moving, when you start serving, when you start going out and being on a mission to make a difference in people's life, God will steer you in the direction you need to go, but you've got to get moving. Turn to your neighbor and say, get moving. Get moving. So you've got to discover your gifts. Here's the second thing. Number two, you've got to develop them. You got to develop them. You got to discover them, and then you've got to develop them. Why? Because gifts are like muscles. The more you work it out, the more you uh, you use it, the more it develops. And so God wants you to strengthen and develop and grow the gift that He's given to you. Why? Because no gift comes fully developed. No gift will come to you fully developed. You've got to work it. You've got to do it. You've got to practice. You've got to get better at it. When I first started preaching, man, I would preach for 10 minutes and I'd go from Genesis to Revelation. <laughs> and so I'm like, something's wrong here. I felt there was a gift there somewhere. And so I went to my wife and I said, baby, I need you to start critiquing me in a loving way. 
And so she would. And she'd say, well, what about this? And what about that? And so what? And so I started practicing. And the more I began to speak, the more comfortable I got with it. And so again, that is your gift. Now, let me give you a little secret about your gift. When God gives you something, if you use it well, he gives you more of it. When God gives you something, if you use it well, he gives you more of it. More talent, more money, more relationships, more responsibility. When you use what God gives you and you use it well, he gives you more of it. The sad fact is there's a lot of people that know what their gifts are. They choose not to use it. And there's reasons for that. Maybe they're too busy. Maybe there's other priorities or maybe there's maybe, you know, a little embarrassment, a little scared. You know, nobody's asked them to do it. But understand me today, Satan will do everything he can to keep you from using your gifts. He'll do everything he can to keep you from using your gifts. Second Timothy chapter one, verse six says this fan into flame the gift God gave you fan it into a flame. Man, when we grew up, we had a, we had a fireplace insert in our house. <clears throat> That's how we heated the house with, at my dad's house. We used to heat with, uh, with wood. And so oftentimes my dad would say, hey, fire's getting low. Open the doors. And we had that, that big old, it was called a blower, I think it was. But how many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all rich folks don't know. But you got that blower and you just sit there and you, you take your fan and you fan it. And then out of nowhere, as you're, as you're blowing the fire, as you're fanning it, out of nowhere, that flame says, and it ignites. And that's what God is saying to us about our gifts. That's what this scripture is saying here. Fan into flame the gift that God has given to you. Don't let it lie dormant, but fan it into a flame. And so again, we've got to discover our gifts. We've got to develop our gifts. But then the third thing is we've got to use our gifts. We've got to use our gifts. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 says this. We are to what? Use our different gifts. We are to use our different gifts. In accordance with the grace that God has given us. If our gift is to speak God's message, then we should do it accordingly to the faith that we have. Do you understand the plan that God put in place right here? You understand what God is doing here? God is basically saying, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give every single person in the church a different gift. I'm going to give every single person in the church a different gift. That way, everybody has a place. Everybody has a role, everybody gets involved, everybody can contribute, and everybody gets rewarded. Now imagine with me, if you would, just for a moment, if everybody in the church would use their gifts for God. There were no spectators in the church. Everybody was on the field of life getting it done and making a contribution. Imagine how powerful the church could be. Imagine how the Bridge Church could rock not only Johnston County, but Wayne County and the world if everybody would discover and develop and use their gifts. So let's do a little review real quick. Again, God's given you three gifts. The gift of forgiveness, the gift of his spirit, and the gift of spiritual gifts. He's given to you. The moment you cross the line of faith, he's given you that gift. Let me ask you a question. Which one of these gifts are still unwrapped by you? Which one of these gifts do you need to unwrap? Now, I love my wife. Sweetie, would you come up here? I love my wife. Give my wife a big hand. 
She obviously married up. We know. I love my wife. I have gone out. And I have spent a lot of time. A lot of effort. A lot of money. A whole lot of money. Did I tell you I spent a lot of money? And I have got the perfect gift for my wife. And so, baby, I love you. Girl, I love you. This is what I'm giving to you. A lot of time. A lot of effort. A lot of money. A lot of money, sweetie. I'm giving you this gift. This is your gift. Nobody else can use it but you. It's your gift. So I've given her that gift. Now, she sets it down and walks away. I'm cool with that because she's probably going to cook me something to eat. But if I keep walking through the house and I keep noticing that gift is sitting there unwrapped, I'm going to be like, well, maybe she, you know, she's waiting for the right time. I got it. Huh? Keeping a check on it. So months go by, that gift still isn't unwrapped. It's just sitting there. All the time, all the effort, all the money is sitting right there. I chose that gift especially for her. That's her gift. Nobody else can use that gift but her. And I gave it to her, and I come a year later, two years later, and that gift is still sitting right there. Everything she needs to do what God's called her to do is in that box. But she refuses to open it. Can I tell you something? When you're not willing to discover and develop the gifts God's given to you and use the gifts God's given to you, that's what you're doing. That's what we're doing. God said, I have chosen you. I've created you. I've made you unique. You're my masterpiece. You're my work of art. And I've put the gift of forgiveness in you. You're forgiven. You ought to shout about it. You're forgiven. You've got a clean slate. I've given you my spirit. So you've got me in you 24-7. When you wake up to go to the bathroom at night, when you're over 40, you do that. When you wake up, God says, I'm waking up with you. When you go throughout your day, God says, I'm going throughout it with you. That's a gift. But he's also giving you a spiritual gifts. The question is, have you opened them? And are you using it for the body of Christ? There's the gift. It's sitting right there. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. There's the gift. God said, this is what I've given you. Why haven't you tapped into it? Why haven't you opened it? It's all part of your niche, guys. It's all part of figuring out, God, why am I here? And what did you make me to do? And who have you created me to be? And God, I just want to be used by you. This is part of it. 
If you've accepted Jesus Christ, there's forgiveness in you. There's his spirit in you. And there's some gifts in you. The question we have to ask ourselves is which out of these three gifts, which one have we failed to open? Some people are still beating themselves up over things they did 20 years ago when God has already put that stuff under the blood and moved on. You need to move on. Frozen 2 is out. Go look at Elsa. I don't know if she sings that song, Let It Go or not, but let it go. Move on. Realize you're not by yourself. Not only do you have a family of believers here with you, you've got the Spirit of God in you. And there's a gift in you. There's a talent in you. There's something you specialize in doing that nobody else can. So the question is, have you found it? Have you found that gift? Have you found out what it is? If you say, well, no, not really. Hey, start serving. When you walk out of here today, out here in the foyer, out here by the information center, just go up there. There's several pieces of paper laid up there and say, hey, I'm interested in this ministry. Now, look, if you sign your name down there, it doesn't mean that you're obligating to anything. It just simply means, hey, can somebody reach out to me and give me some information about this ministry? And we'd love to do that. Have you found it? Have you opened that gift? And some of you may be here and you may be saying, well, Pastor, I I get all that, but hey, I haven't stepped across that line yet. I haven't truly accepted him into my heart and into my life. Can I tell you something? The greatest gift you can ever receive is really the first gift that God gave you when he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, come on, that means anybody, whosoever believes in him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's your first step. Your first step is to say, Jesus, I need you in my heart. I can't do life without you. Stand with me all over the house today.